We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Christy Winter Scott here alongside Gabe Ibrahim. As always, we're sitting courtside on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. Of course, I am Christy Winter Scott. And Gabe, you're going to go ahead and, and host today's show because we have an order of things because we're at the midway point. And I don't want to miss any of these topics of discussion. So I'm going to hand the card over to you. All right. So if I'm not lazy, I'll have some music playing under <laughs> me as an award show opening. Uh, I don't have a long monologue, but I do want to say, actually, I got a reminder on my phone. Um, I guess, I guess uh, Aaron Barzilai, our fearless leader here at Her Hoop Stats, had set up a meeting between Christy and I last year. <laughs> And I just got a reminder. I guess he said it to, to repeat yearly. I just got a reminder that the first time I met um, is in just about three or four days last year. So this podcast Aww. going strong for a year, just about. Hey, hey. hey uh, I'm doing we my might dance. be on the precipice of like change when we come back to the WNBA Ooh. season of being able to do like in-person media and like it, it's all been great, but it's all been great. But what we're going to do today is celebrate the um, first half of the season by handing out some awards. Uh, and I think the place to start is at the top where, where we should always start the MVP of the first half of the season. Um, there are plenty, plenty of choices this year for this award. I think, mm-hmm. you know, you throw out a Brianna Stewart who's having an excellent season. Obviously John Quill Jones on a permanent basis has been incredible. Asia Wilson, Brittany Griner, Sylvia Fowles, Tina Charles, I knew you thought you you, you thought I was going to forget Tina. I didn't forget Tina. Um, and, and, you know, just a whole list of players that could be your first half MVP. But Christy, who yeah. who are you giving this award to? Tina Charles, period. Okay. And there's no and for me, there is no body that is close. And that is not disrespectful because John Quell Jones and Stewie and Asia all doing their thing. But mm-hmm. the resurgence of Tina this season, to me, separates her. I mean, she was MVP of the league in 2012. She came back from not playing last year and is on this team where she thought she would be playing with, mm-hmm. obviously, Maisha, who's injured with Deladon, who's injured, with Clark, who's injured, you know, and the list goes on and on down the line. No Emma Mieseman yet. But yet here she stands, Gabe, leading the league in scoring, being consistently efficient in doing that. 34 points and 17 rebounds in an overtime victory 
over Chicago yeah. on the road nailed it for me. And not that I was in question prior to that, but I'm like, yeah, I mean, what, what else needs to be said about Tina Charles this season in the first half? You know, and she, and she does it every night almost. It's like every night I look up and it's like, all right, Tina, Tina's having like a 30 point night. Um, and I think there, so the, the argument against this obviously would be the Mystics record. Uh, not that the Mystics are a bad team, not by any stretch of the Mystics a bad team, but they are what we're like nine, nine and 10. Now I want to see the final. Let me make sure I'm getting this right. Uh, the Mystics are eight and 10, eight and 10 right now. So I, I think when you look at the other teams that have won more games, have added a little bit, you know, of value in that way. Right. Uh, but they're healthy. Their teams they are, are healthy. healthy. All right. I'm take not... away, take away the same well, amount Alyssa... of players from Seattle. Take away the same amount of players from Seattle. Take away the same amount of players from Vegas, Chicago. Like, talk to me when when they're doing that without other people to pull defenders away from. She's got three people on her because they can load up on her and build a mm-hmm. wall around her defensively. And she's like, and what? And next, and I'm score on you too. And not, and it's not an excuse that I'm making, but I just no. want you to see the, the huge picture of the whole scenario with the Mystics. Okay, the record is what it is. I get it. The injuries are also what they are for Washington. And the fact that they are able to not only win as many games as they have won, but for Tina Charles to be a, a machine on the floor for them has been just miraculous for me to see that. And I mean, it speaks volumes for coach Tebow, obviously. And I always have the utmost respect for him. It also speaks highly of what Tina Charles has been able to do, knowing with all the injuries that she was going to be receiving uh, the lion's share of the defensive attention. And not every team can say that part. So the record is okay. Part of the equation. I get it, but let's look at the full reason why the record is like that. And then, with understanding the injuries are a part of that. Let's understand that she's also receiving a different level of defensive attention. Yes. And she's that's, still killing it. And she's still leading the league in scoring. So, I mean, for me, that's what it is. Like she's getting like every bit of everyone's best. And she is still able to not only survive, but dominate. And she has a huge defensive burden as well. What we're now mentioning that's that's a little harder to quantify, but she has a huge defensive burden as the the best defending big, and at times the only defending big for the Washington Mystics. You look at the, and I know there's someone listening to this podcast saying, "Oh, you're just like points per game society." Like you could look at the points per game. Like yes, mm-hmm. Tina does lead the league in points per game at 26.3. The next highest player is at 21. So it's a big gap. But moreover, it's the efficiency. It, the the yeah. word you mentioned her, and that's not a word that's been tied to Tina Charles over the years. It, right. it, the knock yeah. on Tina, especially when she got to, um, when she was traded to DC, was she's not efficient. She's not going to fit in. Well, she said, "Guys, I'm one of the greatest players of all time. Like, let me let me fit into a system." That's exactly what she did. Highest points per play of her career, highest points per shooting attempt of her career, highest PR by a large stretch of her career. And again, this isn't just like this is a player in her fourth year just learning it. Like, this is one of the greatest of all time, and she's having by far her most efficient season. And the craziest part about this, and look, I I don't agree on my MVP pick. I'll give you mine in just a second, but. The crazy part about this is Tina Charles, who the the absolute biggest knock on this player when they got to when she got to Washington was she's not going to shoot threes. So how's she going to fit into to Mike Tebow's scheme? She's uh, taking five point four threes per game. That's eleventh most in the league. That's as many as Brianna Stewart. That's well, m- as many as Jewel Lloyd. That's well, more than Rebecca Allen. That's more hmm. than John Quell Jones is taking. Okay, hmm. and you're and and this player has just changed her game to the point where it's, it does become very, very difficult to, to even come like bring those old criticisms back against her. Cause she's changed so much. I mean, you know, I, I think for me, I have an argument for a different player for MVP, but Tina it has to be in the top three. I think in my opinion, I put her probably in second right now. 
Well, I hear you. I mean, she's top two and and not two for me, but I mean, that's just what I <laughs> what I see. But coming to D.C., Tina was averaging 20 and, and 10 over yeah. her career. So it wasn't like, you know, she was MVP in 2012 and fell off. And I, I don't want people to think that that's what I mean by the resurgence of Tina Charles. But with all those other factors that I already spoke about, I mean, I don't know how you can like look at her and hand it to someone else at this point. I mean, we're at the halfway point and maybe things will change the second half. But, you know, this is the the half yearly report. And that's where where it stands with me in the middle of it. So uh, I'm going to hand it to John Cole Jones. John Cole Jones is my MVP. Um, And I think so. The arguments for are pretty obvious. Like she's averaging 21 points per game, 11 rebounds per game, 3.1 assists per game a block a game to almost two steals a game like this player has done everything for this team she she prowls the middle of the defense she is making everyone else around her better as well um brianna jones is a huge brianna jones gonna be in the all-star game tonight Mm -hmm. yeah in part because she's playing next to john quell and that's not that's not like you know diminishing what brianna has done i want she's great player but john quell jones has unlocked something for her and that's been really helpful. And you see, I, I, it's all the same things I said about Tina kind of apply to John Quell when you look mm-hmm. at her running the floor like a point guard, her shooting more threes because the team just needs her to shoot more threes. They need her to play more of the, the Kevin Durant free safety role on defense where mm-hmm. she's prowling around looking for blocks and steals. And that's exactly what she's doing while also not giving up anything in man-to-man defense. So to me, it is quite clear that she is the best player on this team that has been excellent this year and has racked up a few more wins than the Washington Mystics. And I think yeah. if you're so that that's why I have her head of Tina. And then when you compare her to Asia or Brianna Stewart, those teams that those players on teams at the top um, who are having great seasons just on the mm-hmm. permanent basis, no one's even coming close to the impact that John Cole Jones has. When you look at Kevin Pelton's, WNBA wins above replacement warp, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite stats. Um, <laughs> he he has the he has it divided into like what the play the team's net rating is. John Quill's net rating is eleven point five. No one else is above double digits. When you look at her warp, she is just a little bit in total wins above replacement, which is just how much you're. It's based on how much you're playing. She is just behind Brianna Stewart while playing almost 200 yeah 200 and change less minutes than Brianna Stewart her warp per game is one of the highest we we've ever seen in WNBA history so this player on a permanent basis is impacting winning I think more than anybody else I think the argument against her is that she has not been available for some stretches this season right. um, because she was playing for Bosnia and Herzegovina in Eurobasket fair right. that's a fair I think it's fair criticism but to me, just like on that permanent basis, she's been the reason why Connecticut is where they are. And the reason I have her above Tina is because where Connecticut is, is a better place right now than where Washington is. And I, I, I'm not saying the injuries don't impact that, took all that into consideration. I just think John Quell has been such a fantastic player um, and, and, on a, and impacting winning more than anybody else in the league right now. Well, I'd love John Quill Jones. And again, like I'm like saying Tina Charles is my pick right now. It's not like watering down the impact or effect of any of the other players in the league who are being considered at this juncture for the WNBA's MVP at the halfway point. I love John Quill Jones. Always have, always will. I mean, she's from the DMV, played at Riverdale Baptist High School, GW. So, I mean, we've seen her and respect her immensely. Mm-hmm. And her skill level every season has gotten better and more efficient and just, I mean, more wide ranged. I just, uh, you know, but we have our re- apples <laughs> and oranges and, and I like both of those too. Um, but <laughs> I mean, there's not, I do like there. apples and oranges. I, like I mean, both of them are great. Um, but for me, you know, that's what it is. But, but John Quell, I agree with what you're saying about her and her numbers don't lie. And what she does on the court for Connecticut, that doesn't lie either. And, in the absence of Alyssa Thomas this season, I think, you know, her role not necessarily has changed, but I think obviously like every player on the roster this, this year without the presence of Alyssa Thomas out there, I mean, I think everyone 
has had to change their game somewhat mm -hmm. and to make oh, yeah. that adjustment with her not being out there. So I think uh, in that regard, John Cole Jones is, is just as tough as they come in terms of her resilience. I mean, she didn't play last year either. Uh, she took the season off. So, you know, she's able to step right in and then catch a plane and go compete internationally and then catch another plane and have less than a, a day's recovery and, and play a game on national TV. So I, I give her a boatload of credit and, and love who she is as a young woman, but as a player, she is incredible. Watch. Yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah. I'm a fan. I'm not discrediting her. Watching both these players is amazing. And we, and you know, let us know uh, at her hoop stats. If you want to just tweet at uh, them or you can tweet at me, Gabe underscore Ibrahim, or you can tweet at Christy, Christy W Scott 51 on Twitter. Let us know what you guys have. Let us know what you guys have to let it to, 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 cause I, I think this is a very wide ranging discussion that we're only going to get two players deep in. Um, I do want to point out though, that, uh, so I mentioned Tina Charles, 28.8 uh, PER player efficiency rating. Second best in the league. Do you know who's better than her? Oh, wait a minute. Come on. Wait. I just, but, I mean, is it Tina? No. I would say Tina second. Oh, okay. Probably. It's John Quill. Uh, yeah. 30.6. 30, 30. Ah. But also, I mean, like, Brittany Griner, I really, I want to throw her in here because I want to make sure I mentioned, I think I mentioned her in the little monologue at, at the beginning, but Brittany Griner is having a tremendous season. Like, absolutely yes. one of one of her best performances this year. And then finally, it's it's in part, at least she thinks, due to getting some rest last yes. year, leaving the bubble. and. That's another thing. I do want to pause here to mention that. Like I've been watching the men's, the men's Olympic um, exhibitions, which are not going great for the United no. States. If you haven't paid attention, um, not. I mean, and look, the thing is, Nigeria and Australia have really, really good basketball teams. You can't just show up. But I think I've been, you know, been making excuses for that team because they had to play so much. They had to play almost year round. I've been saying, hey, like these guys are really tired. Like we, you know, th this this is really going to affect them. And then I'm thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. The women haven't lost. When, 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 the last time the women lost was probably in the 80s, probably in like <laughs> 90. Well, we didn't participate in 80. It might have been 84. And these women play year round every year, nonstop with no rest. Thank so you. I don't want to. I, I I don't want to dismiss the concerns for the men. Um, however. However, the women seem a bit tougher. Um, this is something that my wife loves to loves to mention. <laughs> um, but the women seem tougher and seem a little bit more up to the task of just playing this sort of year round and having the stamina to do it. Yeah. And because they've done it and they've done it well and they're looking for their seventh consecutive gold medal. I mean, hello. And and we need to talk about that more and, and not just your wife, but all of us need to talk about it more because I mean, I mean, let's go. I mean, let's really talk about the fact of the, the sacrifice that these WNBA players make on a yearly basis. I mean, Skylar Diggins Smith said yesterday in the USA basketball presser, she said, I don't go overseas to play mm -hmm. because I, I know the work I have to put in with my trainers but I also want to be present for my son and my family. And so, you know, as of late, that's what she has said um, about that. But I mean, she's never gone overseas in the time that she's been in the league. And, you know, it, for me to hear her say that, I mean, some players do it, but even when they're not playing overseas, Gabe, they are fully invested in their craft. Mm -hmm. and oh, yeah. whether that craft is balancing between being a great mom and a great pro basketball player and, and an influencer of many brands. I mean, she stays here, but she is on the grind as well. So don't get that twisted either. Like, well, they're going overseas, but even when they're not, they are fully oh, yeah. invested in, in, in their lives and their livelihood and their brands. And, you know, to, to see the, the men's team come out of the gates struggling a bit, you know, at, at one and two at the moment after beating Argentina. I mean, it, it just, it, it's a concern, but I hope it looks better for them in Tokyo. But I know for a fact, just listening to uh, Dawn Staley and knowing that she is going to have them ever present, mentally focused and, and ready to compete 
and they're on the mission to win another gold. It's Operation Gold Medal. And I'm not worried about the women at all. I'm not worried about the women at all. Like me either. They got it. Like I'm I'm, (laughs) the men. I'm a little, a little, little worried. Um, But I think you know a a good and a good. NBA player, enterprising NBA players can get on the horn and talk to some of these WNBA players to figure out how they manage this. Because get next next season for the NBA, it's coming up. I believe we're going back on the same on the normal schedule. So I'll be back in October, yes. and we're talking yeah. about. I mean, the season's going to end now, so it, it's not that long of a break. So they're going to have to talk to some WNBA players to see how they can get um, of sort course. of micro breaks in the season. Um, yeah. to, to, to get into, uh, get into next season without this problem. Also, I looked it up. So the last time that the women lo- did not win the gold medal was in Barcelona in 1992. Oh they yeah. 92. They came in third. They got bronze. Yep. They, uh, they lost to the, the former Soviet union countries. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. 92. Wow. And then 96 was, you know, the seedling team, you know, for the WNBA. And, and obviously the, uh, the dream team was, was 92 yeah. for the men's team. So interesting, interesting that factoids. That 96 team is no joke. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about the Olympics more when the Olympics come by, but I did want to, yeah, I did want to shout out to, to make sure that people who are also making this assumption that I was about the men's team, we should keep it in perspective for what the women have to deal with. Um, that's right. Okay, let's move on to our next award, uh, and I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a, I'm gonna ask you what the biggest surprise was for you see, this season. Um, I'll answer. I'll answer. I'll go first um, okay. because you went first last time. Okay. And so uh, I was gonna say Tina Charles, but we already talked extensively about Tina Charles. Um, we did. And she, and she is <laughs> yeah. uh, her fantastic play has is nothing to set aside. Um, so here's here's a weird one, but I think it's it's fun. Indiana won their last three games, and for me, that's a massive surprise because they had yeah. only won one game coming into the last three games of the first half. They just looked forlorn, like they they just look lost in the way that it, when teams get lost like that, they don't tend to come back. Uh, they mm-hmm. don't tend to have three game winning streaks. You may pick up a game here. You may pick up a game there, but you can't, it's hard to put things together. So watching Indiana put the, the three game stretch together. Yes. They only have four wins this season. They're still in last and they should probably aim to be in last just because you need the lottery balls at this point more than you need those three wins, but still <laughs> really, really encouraging just from like this team has not given up yet. And yeah. I think, when you have vets and uh, they are much maligned for signing, you know, Jessica Briel and Daniel Robinson, these players who are really good players, but perhaps aren't necessarily a great fit for what we think Indiana should be doing, which is building right. up their future. This is what happens. Though. These players get into the mindset of the younger players and pick them up and say, Hey, look, when we are struggling, this is what we do. We come back and we win three straight games and you get that good feeling heading into the break. Hopefully they um, can keep some of that going and, uh, you know, string together some wins so they can more, they can figure out more what they have going forward and shouts to Tierra McCowan uh, who every once in a while, and I, it's almost, it's almost maddening at this point, but every once in a while, Tierra gives you a taste of that superstar player lurking inside of her, you know, right. and we don't, we don't tend to see, we don't see that enough, but last few games she scored, she's 21 and 14 against Atlanta, 15 and nine against New York, 13 and 12 against Connecticut. That's a no joke win. So that is my biggest surprise for Indiana. We never talked about Indiana on this podcast. So Good for them. I hope they can uh, they can string together some some wins here, uh, but not too many because they do they do need to get the lottery luck this year. Yeah, well, when you have Marion Stanley right there, um, just supporting you and and continuing to coach you up, regardless of the record, right? I mean, it's all about how you play, not who you play, not what your record is necessarily, and not saying that it's easy. Um, to have so many losses in a row prior to winning their last three. Mm-hmm. But to know that you have a Hall of Fame coach right there in your presence to to guide 
like there are some young players there too, but the vets on that team. I mean, I I don't know. Kelsey Mitchell's kind of right in between, but you know, she has played great as of late, but I just think also with Tamika catchings in the midst, I'm sure she's at the practices and, you know, just to continue to hear encouraging words from both catchings and Marianne Stanley uh, and the coaching staff. I just think that that, that has served them well. And it was only a matter of time, you know, you keep chipping away at something and eventually mm-hmm. it's going to break. And so, you know, that's some strong momentum for them. And who knows what that second half of the season will look like because of it. But I just think Marianne Stanley has done just a masterful job of just, um, you know, staying the course in spite of what the record was prior to the winning streak. But I think for me, and I want to say surprise in a disrespectful way, because sometimes words can carry a little right. bit differently than you want them to. So when I say surprise, it's not that I thought that this particular team that I'm going to name momentarily uh, was not capable of being where they are at the midpoint, but look at where Minnesota is right now. Mm-hmm. Hello. And they're rolling. They've won seven in a row and they are getting the job done. And, and again, you know, Cheryl Reed sitting right there at the helm on the sidelines. And then with Katie Smith, Rebecca Brunson and the crew over there, Planet Pearson, I mean, these players have done it and won it. Cheryl Reeves, she's done it, <laughs> won it. No. So I just think when you when you have players that buy into the gems who are in their presence daily in the gym and, you know, the way they watch film, the way they break it down, the way they explain it, the way they teach it. I mean, man, listen, Minnesota, that's a dangerous team at the moment. I I mean, they've won the most games in a row at this point at the halfway mark. I mean, they're in fourth place right now. And I I just, I don't want to say, I mean, I thought Phoenix would be in that area of the rankings at this point. Um, Phoenix sitting at number seven right now. I thought they'd be in the top four, uh, but they're nine and 10 right now. And and they're right ahead of the Mystics in the eighth spot at eight and 10. So, I'm just thinking, you know, and I know Tarazi has been out, but they they ran a string of games together without Tarazi on the floor. So they're not looking to use any excuses as none of the teams are. Mm-hmm. But Minnesota to me right now, Gabe, that has been my surprise squad at this halfway point. And with yeah. those seven games in a row to close the first half of the season out, I think they're a dangerous team to keep an eye on the second half. Yeah, I'm not necessarily surprised at where they are. I'm surprised at how they got there because Ariel Powers only played four games this season. Yeah. Natalia Chalmers only played eight. And that's their two – I mean, I'm leaving aside Kaylin McBride because I want to make a point. That's two of their big uh, off-season acquisitions. Um, so they've done this kind of, you know, patching holes and, and you know, Nafisa Collier was out three games. They had, that, they had a weird – stretch with Rachel Bannum and uh, Alicia Clarendon where they couldn't, they had to, you know, they had to release something, bring them back and they missed the game there. Um, but I, I think the way they're doing it with all these injuries and patching up their team has been really impressive and shows how good um, Cheryl Reeve, as we say it all the time, Cheryl Reeve is one of the best coaches of all time. She's doing it with this team, similar to what we've seen with Mike Tebow in Washington, you know, mm-hmm. kind of just putting together this patchwork. Uh, the biggest surprise within that surprise, though, is definitely Leisha Clarendon not only being on the Minnesota Lynx, because uh, I assume she would just be on the New York Liberty all season, but right. making a huge impact and essentially being their point guard um, for yeah. large stretches. And uh, we'll see what happens in the second half of the year, how her role, uh, how her role changes. But they are playing just some fantastic basketball for Minnesota and it's just kind of crazy to see how this season went so far for them. And so, yeah, I, I think it is Minnesota is surprising, not because of where they are, but because of how they got there and mm-hmm. maybe what they can look like in the future. And that's what our next award is. That's what we call a transition uh, the team that we expect to improve the most um, from the first half of the season to the second half of the season, even though we're more than halfway through the season, but we're not going to yeah. talk. It's fine. Um, so here, I, I haven't really defined this. 
Uh, I guess it's the team that moves up the most in the standings, but it can be also just like a team that you expect to to play much better than they did in uh, in this first half than versus the second half. So, uh, Christy, you can pick your team that will improve the most when we get back. I'm going to go ahead and hand that award to the Washington Mystics. It's a, it's a good then, choice. <laughs> and, and a close second to me would be the L.A. Sparks. Now, Ooh, okay. obviously, it all has a lot to do with how healthy the team is and if everyone comes back into the fold as we are anticipating for the Washington Mystics. I think, obviously, Elena Deladon has not suited up yet for the Mystics. Everyone's waiting to see if that will be the case. Mm-hmm. And I, I think once she does, to see both Elena Deladon and Tina Charles playing together, which we were chomping at the bit for last year and didn't get it, um, we've seen Tina this year, but no Elena yet. So mm-hmm. there's just like this anticipatory emotion um, that goes along with um, her being healthy enough to to suit up in the second half of the year. Now, will Emma Mieseman return? That's another piece of the puzzle, too. Now, we know Alicia Clark is not going to play, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But Maisha Hines-Allen has been down for several weeks here, uh, headed into this break. So... Maisha Hines-Allen, after a month, will she be healthy enough to get back out there? And what will she look like? And I'm sure if she's healthy, she's going to look great. What will this team look like after the break with all the pieces in place? Uh, I think it's a fun um, and intriguing thought process. And I think a lot of people have their eyes on Washington because of all the factors that we just discussed. Yeah, this this is the runaway selection. Yeah, I think that's, that's the one for me. So the update that we got on, uh, I think Kareem Copeland of the Washington Post tweeted this out um, the other a few days ago, that the goal is in this break to have Elena go from playing on the court by herself to playing with coaches and uh, practice players to playing with the entire team by the end of the break, hopefully getting her back on the floor um, for the second half of the season. Hopefully that goes great. Obviously, back injuries are super tricky. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, you know, the uh, the other big injury, though, Sands Deladon, putting aside one of the greatest players to ever play this game, just having Maisha Hines-Allen back is going to be huge. Like, That's major. Maisha, Maisha mm-hmm. like, the way she was playing when she was back briefly here, the way she was playing in France, the way she played last year just shows you how much of an impact she can have, and she's going to be kind of a perfect fit, I think, right now of next course. to Tina. Without EDD, when EDD comes back, it'll get a little more complicated, but I don't think it'll get that more complicated. Just play your three best players. <laughs> <laughs> play, put put a lay dolls on a point guard. It'll be fine. Um, she did it so, in high school, so there's right? that. She, I, I, I think, I think Elena could play point guard. But that, regardless, <laughs> it'll look. I, I think the only thing that gives me pause with the Mystics is it's going to be a big adjustment again coming back from this break. They had a big adjustment period at the beginning of the year. Um, mm-hmm. But I think part of part of the, the reason they struggled right at the beginning was Leilani had a different schedule than everyone else. So she was really struggling. Yeah. Now she's found her groove. You have players that were coming right off, fresh off a European season or, or fresh off of not playing for a year. So a lot of different uh, conditioning curves. And they seem to have gotten that back in the groove um, yeah. as of late. So hopefully that continues. And then just integrating Maisha integrating Landeladon is going to be a challenge, but this team, they know uh, this team knows what they're doing. I, I think by the end of the year, if they're healthy, I'm, a, I'm agreeing with you. I think they will shoot up the standings. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think that, that that's just a, a variable that, you know, we, we hate to discuss because we hate injuries, right. but at the same time, I mean, very impactful either way. Right. So, right. I think it's, it, it remains to be seen, but boy, if it's seen, hmm, look out. That's all I have to say about that. So now I'm, I'm looking here for a team that I expect to um, improve in the second half. I, I think, I think LA is definitely on this list. Yep. Um, I would still pick Washington above them, but LA has been uh, maligned with injuries this yeah. year. But I just don't, the the end product for LA, I don't see it being really great. Just e- even when they are healthy, I see this as a as a first round team, first round lo- loss team. 
Um, maybe even not making the playoffs if they don't get it together in a hurry. Uh, I just think, you know, at this point, it's kind of hard to rely on NECA's health as great of a player as she is. It's kind of hard to rely on Shanae's health and availability as great as it is, uh, as great of a player as she is. So to me, I'm just, I'm not as high on LA because even if everything goes right for them, I'm still concerned about how the end product turns out because I just talked about a learning curve with the Washington Mystics. Well, most of the Washington Mystics have played together. And, mo- and, you know, we're talking about two legends in Tina and Elena Deladon. And Cheney and Neca are legends, but at the same time, you're talking about a team around them that hasn't really been with them. This is almost a, a whole yeah. new group of people. So to me, I'm not, I'm not saying L.A. just because I don't know exactly what they look like. They could surprise me. So maybe if we do a second half show, they can be my biggest surprise. Uh-huh. But to me, I'm not going I'm, I'm gonna, to – I'm going with Washington. I don't want to pick someone else just to, for the sake of it. Um, but I want to throw LA out there. Phoenix could get a little better too. Uh, they'll, they'll have yeah. better health, hopefully in the second half, Minnesota, as well as another team that could have better half health in the second half of the season. Um, and, and maybe, you know, swing by some teams also look out for the Dallas Wings. This team is really good. Dallas and is the, really good. They are. They've had so many close games, Gabe, man. I don't know if they've had the most uh, uh, close games and you know, they've been on the wrong side of a couple of them, but I mean, a handful of them, not just a couple, but they have had, it seems to me like so many games where they were within striking distance and, you know, one play happened in the wrong way for them. And, and that did them in one yeah. shot didn't fall one turnover here or there, like, you know, and, and they could be another team. Like you said, in the second half, keep your eye on them. That could be, they could be game changers too. Eight of eight of their 12 losses have come by single digits. There and you they go. were in a lot I of those games. They were I in a lot it. of those games late, and they yep. almost kind of – so ball starts bouncing your way a little bit. You never know what could happen. So I, that's exactly. a team to keep my eye on. But our team consensus, our only consensus award so far, team that will improve the most is the Washington Mystics. Um, so that is – that was our first half MVP. Christy said Tina. I said John Colt Jones. Uh, favorite to uh, biggest surprise – for me, was Indiana's three-game winning streak at the end of the year. Shouts in the favor. We did get you on this podcast after all. And, <laughs> Shout out. Uh, for Christy, Christy, what was your biggest surprise? Uh, Minnesota. 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 Minnesota yeah. doing what they're doing. And then the team that will improve the most, we both picked the Washington Mystics. Now it's yeah. time for a, a little a little uh, sharper prediction. A little sharper prediction. Let's pick our favorite to win the championship right now. So oh, who, snap. The team that we think is going to win the title – uh, not that has won the title so far, you know, and not the best team right now. Just the team we think is going to be holding the trophy at the end, based on what we see in the first half of the season. Uh, Chris, I'll, I'll give you. Do, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? No, you can go first. You got it. I, I can go first. <laughs> I'm still in my in my in my uh, in my thought process here. Okay, so let's uh, let's break this down. To me, there are the top the top four teams. To me, are the teams that have a chance. Uh, I'm not at any, basically, you know, there are nine teams here, right? Like I'm going to include New York cause I like what they're doing, but uh, New York, Washington, Dallas, Chicago, Phoenix are the next tier that they could hop into that top tier at any time. Um, but the top, the top four teams, Seattle, Las Vegas, Connecticut, Minnesota, I think they've separated themselves enough to make me put them in their own conversation for favorites when the championship. Hmm. This is difficult. It is. So I'm what, looking at it, man. I'm looking at everything right here, and I'm right. like, "Ooh, we." It's my, it's tough. My brain says Las Vegas. Las Vegas. They have the most talent. Uh, I think that's pretty clear. I think they clearly have the most talent in the league. They have been healthy. They have been really strong and together. They have not. When they've lost, it hasn't. You know, it, it never looks like they're really, really out of it, right? They're always in it. They right. have a really great coach. And I think this team has that chip on their shoulder that we see when you get close a couple times because they were in the semifinals against the Mystics and they thought they had that series and Liz started, Liz started talking a lot and, yeah. and, and they lost. They come back, they get it to the finals after a really hard-fought series with Connecticut in the semifinals last year. They get swept. It wasn't close. They, they didn't have the horses last year. 
Well, this yeah. year they got the horses. They got the yeah. chip. They got the coaching. They have the clutch play from Chelsea Gray. They have the MVP candidate in Asia Wilson. They have a dominant, yeah. another dominant big in Liz Cambage. The list keeps going of players that they have on this roster. I think they can get them over the hump. And I believe they will be holding the trophy at the end of the year. That's what my brain says. So that's all brain. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. My heart says I want to pick Connecticut, damn it. I just want to. Because I was just taught the disrespect. I, I want it to stop for me because, like, I know we're going to get some new disrespect shirts I'm going to buy because now I have two disrespect shirts. So I don't want another one. So I need them to win the title to, in order for this disrespect narrative to stop because this team does deserve your, your respect. They're doing an amazing job with Alyssa Thomas. The team is is incredible and incredibly stacked in a way that yeah. it's, it's, it's not the same as Las Vegas, right? Las Vegas, you look up and down the roster, it's like, oh, they have all these all-stars. Connecticut, yeah, they have all-stars, but you, you can start looking down the line at the depth and the depth yeah. pieces, and this team has been together, great coaching, been there and lost, and they want to come back now and they have the MVP. All those things I mentioned for Las Vegas also applies for Connecticut. Yeah. So my heart is telling me, to pick Connecticut, and that's what I'm going to do. Connecticut is the team that I believe will win um, the championship should they stay healthy uh, because of John Cole Jones and Bree Jones. Having those having those two bigs to match up against Las Vegas is crucial. Then also having the perimeter defense to match up against Seattle or Minnesota or whoever. They're versatile defensively, and they can score. So you know what? I'm going with Connecticut. Connecticut's my team. Wow. And, and the thing about it, Gabe, it's so funny to me. Like you said, your heart was with Vegas. I think in that same sense. My brain it, was with Vegas. Oh, your brain was with Vegas. Your heart is with Connecticut. My heart is with Connecticut. So I'm going. Oh, man. I, I could see that. And I, I concur. I, I think that that is that is a valid statement. And I, I you know it's just hard for me because I'm side eyeing Seattle during this yep. whole conversation between the aces and the sun, <laughs> I just, man, having won it already, there's something to that. Oh man. And Sue bird, I don't, you know, she's, she's out there doing it at, um, you know, an extended age, <laughs> but she's balling out. Like, I just think the sense of urgency from that may may give the edge to Seattle. But Stop. that's what that's what that's kind of what my heart feels because understanding what it takes not only to win it but to win it again and then to win it again like for me there's so much pride in that that you can't quantify in Xs and Os. So that's why I'm saying, like, we're talking about the aces in the sun, but I'm side-eyeing Seattle, like, oh, boy, like, I hear you, but, man, Seattle's right there, and they've been there, done that, and they want to do it again. And that's the challenge for them is to do it again, right? So, yes, everyone's trying to get to where they have been the last uh, two of the last three seasons where they've won championships in the league. But, I mean, I said at the beginning of the year that it was the Las Vegas aces for me. Uh, I just think the the Aces, like you said, have everything that they need. I mean, I think Chelsea Gray was like the cherry on top uh, for the team in terms of what they look like on the so floor. Perfect, perfect. Fit I mean, just excellent. It is an excellent addition. Um, but when you, you know, you don't have Angel McClatchy, I think everyone, I mean, you don't have Alyssa Thomas. I mean, there are, there are pieces missing from every team. You can say that, uh, but you can't really say that for Seattle per se. Right. I mean, yeah. everyone's been healthy. I'm knocking on every wooden thing I have in front of me. Um, but I, for me, I think I'm going to go with Las Vegas and then Connecticut after that. And then, I mean, Seattle may be trotting along behind them initially, but then are they going to surge at the end? They might have. They may. It's they might tough. do that. I, they might do that. I don't know. And I just don't want to count them out. And I don't want what I say to fuel them for that trot into sprint at the end and they race by everybody. <laughs> but I, I'm going with Las Vegas. If you need a definitive answer yes. for me, I'm going with Las answer. Vegas. Las Vegas. Okay. I'm going to stick I, with what I said at the beginning and I'm, I'm going to hang my hat on that 
for now. <laughs> I, I, I think it's a good, I mean, look, I, I, this year we have three teams that are just all up there together and, and yeah. it's really, really exciting. Like, I think, I don't know. I don't know how much I always think, I always think about like seasons. And I'm like, Oh, like, you know, let's talk about the NBA just as an example right now, like last year, right? Like, Oh, we like LA was totally going to win the championship last year. Cause LeBron is like, you forget how close these things are. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't remember what our thinking. I'm sure we have a podcast about this where <laughs> we talked about our favorites at the, at the halfway mark last year, but it, it, this year feels really, really tight between those three teams. Like I don't yeah. see much of a difference between Seattle, Las Vegas, and Connecticut. And that hasn't soup that hasn't really been the case in the past few years. And it's nice to have right. three teams up there rather than one or two, because that just opens yeah. it up. Um yeah. and you know, someone send this to Cheryl Reeve because assuredly us not mentioning <laughs> Minnesota um will make her very upset and they will end up with a great season. Uh also I love the links. I love the links. Hey Cheryl. We we, okay, we mentioned we mentioned we mentioned the links plenty, but uh we didn't mention did. them here. Also for the uh I mentioned Kevin Pelton's stats. He has his own stats here for, he runs Mm -hmm. a a simulation. So uh, 1000 runs of the, his WNBA playoff simulation entering the Olympic break has uh, Las Vegas as the, with as the favorites to win the championship with a 47% chance of winning championships. That's And I didn't even, I didn't even look at that with my, my um, in brain calculations without reading that, that list. But wow, so I, have a, I have a very high chance. Um, this computer, yeah. Kevin Pellon's computer is not giving Connecticut a very, they have a 10% chance of winning title. Minnesota also has a 10% chance of winning title and Seattle has a 30% chance. Wow. Look at that. Uh, oh, and then Phoenix, Chicago, and Dallas all have a 1% chance. Then everyone else has 0% chance. Mystic zero percent. Wow. Hmm. Well, the, the computer can't. Re- I don't think the computer can take into account like, oh, they're getting back one of the best players to ever play. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm not, sure take, I'm not sure it can take. I'm not sure how advanced of a computer it is. Um, I was like, wait a minute. Hmm. So that's. I think. Um, I think it's going to be a really exciting end to the season because you just seeing from our MVP debates, there's certainly up in the air. Uh, for MVP candidates, it's certainly up in in the air for favorites uh, yeah. and for teams that can improve in the second half of the year. And if, and you know, we talked about this at the beginning of this season, where this first half of the season was going to be a little up and down, a little up and down right. with EuroBasket players coming back from injuries, you know, COVID. Everything kind of happened in that way that we thought it was. It was a little disjointed in the in this first half of the season. Well, we're going to have some time now and we get back and we have this dead sprint to the end yeah, of the season. Man. That's what I'm talking about. I am so excited because it's gonna, we're going to blink and, and this regular season is going to be over and then we're going to be right in the playoffs. Yeah. I'm so excited for this year's playoffs. I just think I could see some crazy happening. Like if you told me, if you told me Phoenix won the championship, I'm not that surprised or Chicago. We haven't talked. We haven't talked about Chicago on this really podcast. Chicago, we haven't enough. And, and, and Candace and Parker, they, shout out for the two K oh, cover yeah, and totally. the slam cover and just the covers on everything. Go ahead, Candace Parker, mommy broadcaster, Swiss Army knife lady, get it done. I love yeah, her it, so much. It's uh, <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Yeah, Candace Parker's on the cover of two K twenty two, forcing me to buy the game. Which yeah, I wasn't my planning kids on want buying. me to buy it. Yeah, my kids yeah. want me to buy it now. Oh yeah, we, we, <laughs> they're we like, got oh. I'm like, yep. Candace is on it. We're getting it. <laughs> yeah. No, we got we got to buy it now. Thank you. Um, so we'll be doing that. But yeah, I, I, this season though, when we come back, um, and we're gonna be here during the Olympics, uh, unless I mean, I don't know, Christy, you're not you're not gonna be in Tokyo, I imagine. I am not going to Tokyo. I am not, um, not physically, but mentally. I'm being Mental. right there watching it on the Tizub with everybody else. <laughs> no. I, I will be there mentally as well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll be talking during the Olympics. But yeah, second half of the season, I'm already really excited for it. Um, I just want to. I want to see what's. I want to see what's going to go down because I'm. I we haven't seen Alain Deldon play in so long. It's crazy, I mean, right? To think about it. You know, I know last year, the 2020 seems like four years combined in one, really. 
um, mm-hmm. because of how long and, and just crazy it was. But yeah, I mean, she's, she's doing her due diligence to, to get healthy. And I think that is, you know, you have to respect that, you know, yeah. you don't want her. I mean, she played with three herniated discs in her back and it's like, you know, you don't want to be that person saying, well, I walked in the snow to mm. get to school four miles every day. You can do that. No, those times are gone. Like, you know, there, there's technology, there's uh, recovery systems and all kinds of newfangled things that, that help these athletes. And I mean, these elite level athletes, I mean, it's out there for the taking. So I think the more you tap into that, the better. So kudos to Elena Deladon for, for being smart with her body. No, I, ho- I hope the time's given her uh, a lot of different avenues to recover. Cause that, that's, that's not a, that's a no joke injury. Like the herniated this, um, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know, I know a lot of people who've had that and just as like a normal person, it's somewhat debilitating. So, um, Hopefully, hopefully she's coming back at the right time, um, and we'll yeah. we'll give you updates on her as that happens. Hopefully, we, I don't I haven't heard anything about Ariel Powers in Minnesota. I hope she comes back soon. Yes, that thumb surgery she had it was her she right had thumb, thumb surgery. Yeah. It was her right hand too, shooting hand, but she didn't. Yeah, I didn't get a timetable on that either. I just remember her getting surgery a couple of weeks ago on that. Yeah. There's Diana coming back, Neca coming back. Hopefully, NECA on the Nigerian team against the USA later this week. If that happens, we'll be talking and, about it. And Shanae and Erica, too. Oh, and Shanae. Um, I do want, I mean, I don't know how the Olympics necessarily work in terms of changing countries. I hope they let that happen just for entertainment's sake. Just, just this, give me the entertainment. Yeah. Put them um, in there. She, I think she's definitely, I don't know. I haven't seen anything about the, there's an exhibition um, beforehand, but. Mm-hmm. That'd be very exciting as well. Okay, Christy, uh, I think we are done with the award show, so you can take right. your hosting duties back. Hey, and all right. <laughs> so Christy is back to being the host, and we could we could we could tell everyone where they can find us. Yeah. Hey, you know what? We want to hear from you guys too. So this is a very interactive podcast, and we want to know what your thoughts are on all the awards that we discussed today. It's just intriguing to have differences of opinions and, and reasons why I think that's, that's all about um, teamwork, right? Everybody's different and where, where their approach is. So let us know, hit us. But on don't Twitter. yell at us. Yeah. Don't it's yell at us. nicely. It's not I that mean, hard to say something nicely. I mean, you could yell if you want to. I mean, you know, we'll listen to that too. I but, respond I mean, if you yell at me. Be Let's respectful. I mean, that's all. Yes. <laughs> but you can, you can definitely hit us on Twitter at herhoopstats and then Gabe underscore Ibrahim on Twitter. And then for myself, Christy W. Scott 51 on the Twitter and on the gram. Definitely let us know what you are thinking here at the halfway point as the WNBA all-star game is upon us and the Olympics are right around the corner as well. And we couldn't be more pleased with the league right now and, and all of the intriguing things that we get to talk about because of the hard work that is put in by many the coaches and the players and all the PR staffs, et cetera, et cetera. So we will catch you on the flip side right here on Courtside with Christy and Gabe on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. Have fun sending us your answers, people. We'll check in with you next time. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.